I've got to give all the glory to God. He is why I am here tonight on this stage. He is why when growing up, I got to eat Gushers and Happy Meals from McDonald's. He is why I got to fall asleep comfortably in the sweltering summer heat of Texas with the AC on full blast. God is how I got my first pair of Jinkos. A quick Google search of Jinkos, these extra wide-legged baggy pants, describes them this way. Um, worn by skaters, hardcore punks, ravers, and rappers to set themselves apart, which clearly is a look I can pull off. But yeah, God blessed me with those pants. Seriously, because of him, I could eat, play, and live. I'm a pastor's kid. If someone forgot to pray before they took their first bite, whether it was a full-on meal or just a snack, I was vigilant to remind them to pray, because better late than never to thank the good Lord. For 12 years, church retreats were the highlight of my summers. As a camper, as a counselor, I did it all. My parents went on mission trips to, to Asia and to Africa. I mean, a go-to shirt for me in elementary school was this navy blue cotton t-shirt that said, praise the Lord on it. Like I shared earlier, I was very fashion forward as a kid. <laughs> so as a God-fearing, Jinko-wearing child, I prayed a lot. Not just before meals. I prayed before I went to bed. I prayed for safe travels. I prayed when a classmate was sick. I prayed to thank God when something good happened. I prayed when something bad happened. I prayed for my pet fish. I was a prayer warrior. Amen this, amen that, which at the end of a prayer means so be it. And I love that, the finality of it, to say amen, so be it. And this continued throughout college. I did shed my Bible verse t-shirts. I was okay with eating my granola bars without praying first. I drank, I said bad words, but every Sunday, my ass was in a church pew. <laughs> Rain or shine, or hung over. <laughs> After I graduated from college, uh, this was my plan, I would leave for the Peace Corps and then I would get hired by UNICEF as an interpreter. So, Easy. Um, I stuffed this olive green bag that was literally as tall as my waist with two years worth of clothes, toiletries, photos, and my Bible, and I dragged this body bag across the DC airport, got on a plane with 38 other strangers, and headed to the other side of the world to Macedonia. And for 27 months, I was stared at everywhere I went walking to the school where I taught, to the grocery store, to the bus station. From the moment I left my apartment, it was gasps, people pointing at me, laughing in amazement to see an Asian person in real life, yelling, ching chong, ching, kines, kines, Chinese, Chinese. I'm not even Chinese. <laughs> And the men were the worst, with the catcalls and the stares and following me home. 
And I was also starting to feel powerless in a school system that allowed teachers to, to shove their students, to send the weak students home, or not home, but to send the weak students out as they were called to their faces, out to buy coffee or cigarettes for the teachers during class. My spirit was breaking, realizing that I lived in a world where a kid could be made to feel like he wasn't worth the time to teach, that he didn't belong in a classroom, that he was good only for running errands. One night, um, I went to a friend's house for a dinner gathering, and we listened to American music and had American food and American drinks, and it was just a lovely reminder of home. When I left, the only people out were men, uh, which I wasn't worried about because at the time, I was a very strong runner, and I knew that I could outlast most men. And so I put in my headphones, started my playlist, and I was on my way. Music kept me sane when I had to walk anywhere. With all the staring, laughing, and pointing, music helped me to tune out that chaos and just get to where I needed to be. That night, as I was walking home, um, I saw a man up ahead look over and, and cross the street when I did. Um, no problem, except within a few blocks, he looked back several more times. So I took out my headphones, walked a little slower. He slowed down too, stopping to call someone on his cell phone right outside my apartment building. At the time, um, you know, you, you get these red flags, right? And, you know, I should have just turned around. I should have just gone back. But I, I, just, I just wanted to get home. This is my home. This is my apartment. So I... Um, the entrance to the building was in the back, so I had to turn right into this little alleyway type thing in order to get inside my building. So as soon as I made that first, turned that first corner, um, I, I sped up, but I heard him coming up fast behind me, and I made it inside the building, but then I heard his footsteps come inside the building too, and I felt sick. He just kept saying, please, please, over and over again. I used my no BS teacher voice and told him, you better leave. And he just stayed, hopeless, hopeful, and pathetic. And I just kept repeating, you better leave, you better leave. And after a few minutes, he did finally leave, but I was so angry. I was so angry that I ran up to my apartment on the third floor, took out my key, put it in the deadbolt, turned it to unlock, and then I heard footsteps sprinting up the stairs. And I turned around, and there he was again. And I told him that I would call the police, that I would scream. He just stayed. And he just stood there. So, so I stood there, just ready, ready to push him down the stairs. And I told him that he better leave, and he just, he didn't care. So I kept repeating, you better leave, you better leave, mixing in all the F words and all the S words. And uh, he, after a few minutes, finally left. I finally went inside, and I remember punching the pillows on my couch, and then collapsing and crying 
I was so pissed and I felt so violated. But there was something worse than these small, shameful, repressed men. It was all the other men and women who would witness the staring and the harassment, but would say nothing. And I tried for a really long time to call every single man out. I would stop and I would ask, does your mother know you say these things? You don't have a daughter, do you? But this would usually attract more unwanted attention. But do you know who got me past those men? My students. I taught third grade through eighth grade, and especially my third graders, these eight-year-olds would come running up to me, Masuse, teacher, and they would have the biggest grins on their faces, and we would walk down the sidewalks like we owned them, and they would get so out of breath from talking so much. Where do you live? Who do you live with? So do you eat alone? I really like that book we're reading in class. And they would tell me about their families, where they live, what they like to do, what they like to eat, and so on. And all those men were still there being their shitty little selves, staring, pointing, laughing. But I would smile and just make sure that the kids stayed focused on me. But soon I realized that I didn't need to protect them. They were the ones protecting me. So after 27 months, when I finished my service, and I was packing up my belongings, I was really confused. Because while I was being stared at and harassed, I had held on to my faith. I prayed before I went to bed. I prayed before I slept. I prayed when strange men came knocking at my door in the middle of the night. When I had heard that a seventh grader had gotten married off, I still had my faith, but I had lost my sense of peace. And the thing that just didn't make any sense to me at all was that according to God, according to the scriptures, my students, who were all Muslims, would not be allowed to enter into heaven. The humans who wanted to hold my hand, the humans who called me by my name, the humans who protected me. So when I was packing up my belongings back into that really tall olive green bag, my burgundy leather covered gold embossed Bible that I'd gotten as a graduation gift from my youth group pastor didn't make its way back into my luggage. When I got back to Iowa, I kept going to church. I kept praying, but I kept struggling. I was having dreams about my students, and I was having nightmares of being chased. And I just had all this guilt for leaving. But in 2016, again, I became a prayer warrior. My friend's son had gotten sick with cancer, and I prayed, and I prayed, and my faith could move mountains. I had faith in God's word that when two or more are gathered in his name, he is there and there is power. And I just knew. I just knew that God would heal him. 
and then he didn't. I haven't prayed in a very, very long time. I never stopped believing in God. I stopped believing that religion only existed between Genesis and Revelations, that it only worked if you closed your eyes and bowed your head, that it only belonged in a building with a steeple and a cross. There is so much pain and suffering in this world. There are kids out there who don't think they're worth the time to be loved. Is that why we have religion? It's a set of beliefs that gives us faith in the good, hope for the better, and love for one another. It's something that offers us peace to give meaning to the moments in our lives. It's something that rights our wrongs. So what happens next when let go and let God becomes let God go? Well, it works out really great when you're really hungry because then you can start to eat just a little bit sooner when you don't have to pray first. But really, what happens after I die? Where do I go? How do I get to my heaven where I'll get to see my loved ones again? I started going on long bike rides, which is always where I found my clarity, the most clarity. I started going on really long walks, which is where I always found peace that transcends understanding. In the beginning, I really got into climbing, and my faith may not have moved any mountains, but I had faith that I could overcome any mountain. Maybe God is your religion. He brings you hope and peace, and that is your truth. Or maybe you're a third grader on the other side of the world walking down the street with a strange American from Iowa. And Allah is your religion. He brings you hope and peace and he is your truth. I don't know what happens after we die. But now I'm not worried about getting it wrong. I'm worried about getting it right while I live. Amen. And thank you.